Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Welcome to On The Pace. Good morning again as our team are out at Menangle getting ready for Miracle Mile Week. And it is a week because the conversations start after the preludes. That was last Saturday night. Then the Bowery draw. That was yesterday. And one thing about the Miracle Mile, more so than any Australasian harness race, the chat continues. Who's going to lead? Who's going to win? Who's going to do X, Y, and Z? It's a fascinating week. It's also a week for the New South Wales Derby. It's been great to get the thoughts of the team there at Club Menangle and also some of the trainers like Jack Trainer and Luke McCarthy. Luke will rejoin us in this special Miracle Mile segment of On The Pace because I'm going to ask him some more curly questions than Dave and the team did out there at Menangle. But our first guest is Andy Gath. It is incredibly hard for Victorian horses to come to Menangle and conquer it. And he did that with Catch a Wave, and now he has the second fave in the Miracle Mile. Andy, you've been doing this for a long time, but even for a man who's been as successful as you, this must be pretty exciting. Yeah, no doubt, Michael. Um, I've only previously had one runner in a Miracle Mile, and have another one, and horse with um, actually got a live chance. Uh, you know, it's pretty, um, it's quite a good feeling, and looking forward to it. He's been a wonderful two and three-year-old, and now he's a four-year-old. He looks like he's finally mentally growing up, Andy. I know he can still be a little bit touchy, but he seems to be able to hold his top speed for a very long time. Something we saw in the Chariots of Fire when we met Captain Ravishing nine days ago, but something oddly we actually saw in a 1,200-metre race the week before that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, he's a horse that's always had great ability, but he's also had a lot of quirks that come with it. But he's uh, really starting to turn into a complete racehorse now. He just every now and then he might, you know, remind us of some of the quirks that he has got. But, um, yeah, I think um, since he's turned four, I think he's sort of gone up another notch again. And, um, yeah, those couple of 1,200-metre races really sharpened him up. And the last one he won, the final, um, I'm not sure many horses would have been able to win from where he was. And, yeah, and he sort of franked that by coming out winning a chariot since. So, um, yeah, no, pretty pleased where he's at at the moment. I think Australia has three outstanding four-year-olds, your horse, Captain Ravishing, and Leap to Fame, who we're not going to see at this carnival. Are you surprised Catch a Wave could sit parked outside Captain Ravishing and beat him? And do you think that was the best version of Captain Ravishing we're going to see this week. And I don't mean to be rude asking you about somebody else's horse, but you're a good form judge. And to be completely honest, Andy, I think punters are a little bit perplexed about the whole thing. Yeah, obviously, um, before the race, we, you know, I knew my horse is in really good order and really happy where he's at. And we'll probably resign to the fact that we had to sit outside Captain Ravishing the whole way, which, um, you know, to be honest, I, I thought it was going to be near impossible to happen. Um, but it did happen. Um, whether Captain Ravishing, you know, was off or not, it's hard to tell. He, you know, he didn't pace real good up the straight and got, got in a little bit and sort of hanging a little bit. So, um, you know, we've crashed once and we've beat him once, but it doesn't mean we'll beat him again. You know, we know what a great horse he is, Captain Ravishing. Um, yeah, unfortunately, he's not the only competition in this race. They're all pretty hard to beat. So, um, 
yeah, again, I think my bloke keeps stepping up and he's going to have to step, step up again this week, but I couldn't be happier, you know, where he's at at the moment. He comes into this race not only as a 149 miler, but of course, he's up against a new class of horse for him. Uh, he's up against Spirit of St. Louis, he's up against Honolulu Bay, who seems to be flying. Still, Andy, had you come here last year, you would have been up against King of Swing. Do you think that Catch a Wave has picked the absolute perfect time to be taking this step when there's not a Lochinvarat or a Lazarus standing in your way at the top of the open class ranks? Yeah, probably, um, you know, we've still got some quality horses there and uh, my bike's pretty new, Alan, so is Captain Ravishing. So we're up against some very seasoned horses. Um, you know, a few of these horses competed through an Intermediate Series and got a Hunter Cup winner there. Expensive Ego's been in a lot of fights too. So they're very hard seasoned horses and as much as ability as, you know, catch away from Captain Ravish and God, sometimes you need that hard seasoning to win these type of races. But again, in saying that, there's no sort of standouts. Um, you know, King of Swing's been sort of dominating this race and obviously Lock and Bar Art was a standout horse too. So um, again, there's probably more winning chances, but it's probably a good year to be in it because um, we're winning the winning hopes. You have gone 149.1 with your horse, and, and clearly he can go faster. If they power up, and most importantly, if you can get to the marker pegs, because that's the quickest way home, how quick could catch a wave go on a nice nice night in Sydney this Saturday? Yeah, it's a little bit hard to say. Uh, again, when he went that time the other night, um, you know, the track was quite wet, so I think he could probably take a second off for that. So, you know, that makes it a 148.1. And I think just through natural experience and racing that time, uh, you know, next time you step out there, you can probably go a second faster again. So, you know, I'm sure he can go around the 147, um, you know, and he might have to, to do that to be able to win this race on Saturday night. It wouldn't be Miracle Mile weekend unless there was lots of chat. And some of the chat, well, every Miracle Mile, the chat's on who's going to lead. Spirit of St. Louis is really quick off the gate, but he's also, in my belief, a better horse trailing. I'm not sure they want to give that spot to you. Do you think you could potentially get across him? And of course, Hurricane Harley, if we're thinking Honolulu Bay doesn't burn up early, as has not been the case for him this summer. Yeah, I, I doubt if they use Honolulu Bay off the gate. Um, um, he, you know, he can finish his races off so strong when they don't, so I don't think they're going to change their mindset. Uh, for this race, again, I'd probably assume Hurricane Harley would go straight behind Spirit of St. Louis. Uh, at the start, and I think um, the only two that probably chance their arm coming out of the gate is probably my boy Catch a Wave, and I think Mac Dan, um, you know, uh, Nathan drove him last year and sort of chanced his arm and was able to cross King of Swing uh, last year in the, in the version of the race. So I think they're probably the two potential ones that would challenge um, Spirit of St. Louis for the lead. When you have those very good horses, obviously you spend a lot of time with them because they have to travel and go into state and therefore often you're one-on-one or one-on-two with them. How does Catch a Wave feel to you? Has he got the strut? Does he seem dialed in? Is his coat all nicely dappled? Is he in that spot you hope the good horses are going to be in because they need to be pretty darn close to that spot, Andy, doing a race like this? Yeah, they do. Um, Before the chariots, obviously, um, he was up there in the retention barn and he surprised me how how well he'd done uh, being away from home and with it, you know, he travelled up there by himself this time and just took it all in his stride. He, he couldn't eat any better, he couldn't drink any better and he just was so contented and I was really, 
I'd never been so pleased going to a big race with any horse, really. The only thing I was concerned about was the weather. Please don't make me come back next week or, or the next day because I just knew how well he was. And he still seems to be in that space. Um, you know, we've brought him back home. He's had a couple of fast works and he'll have his fast, fast work uh, here Wednesday morning before he heads, heads up on the road again back to Menangle. So, um, yeah, again, uh, so far so good. I couldn't be any more pleased with him and hopefully that stays like that all week. Andy, your wife Kate is an outstandingly accomplished driver, both in New South Wales and even more so in Victoria. For all those married people out there, Andy, or people who are in a long-term relationship, how does the conversation go when you're the trainer and your wife is the driver and do you tell her what to do? Because we know how that can go down. Or do you suggest what you do or do you ask the question and then listen? No, I think we, um, you know, it probably works in our favour a bit that we spend so much time together um, that we can go through so many different scenarios before any race and then that scenario happens, um, you know, it's in her mind that she can make a quick decision. So, um, again, it's probably about the only time she listens to me, Mick, uh, is when I give her instructions. Any other time, it's all one-way traffic, as you know. What What happens... Uh, for a married couple when you do give instructions and she either chooses not to or can't implement them in a race or vice versa when you give instructions and you've stuffed it up and she gets it right what are those conversations like yeah no they can get a little bit heated at times but again <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we move on pretty quick you can't hold a grudge um yeah that, that's it um yeah again and um she, she's the one uh, with all the pressure on out there, um, especially those big races, you've got everyone trying to win, trying, you know, you're competing against the best all the time, the best trainers, the best drivers. But um, again, we're all human, we'll make mistakes. But um, yeah, so, um, but again, it's something we move on quickly from anyways, because um, sometimes you'll be racing, you know, 25 minutes later. Let's pretend you don't try and catch a wave. Let's pretend you're just a race analyst because I know you are extremely good at picking up details of races and details on other horses. What do you think is going to happen in the Miracle Mile on Saturday night? Yeah, I think the first 400, like any Miracle Mile, will be pretty pretty quick. Um, I'm guessing my bloke my initial thoughts of it I, I might be stuck outside the leader again and you know we're probably quite comfortable being there um we probably um if that's the case you know we might not be sitting outside a horse or captain Maverickson's ability um so yeah but yeah no, it's, it's a little bit tricky i'll probably haven't really deep dive into it but uh again um you know it's a race a lot of people like to get up there early and i think um you know, the first quarter is always going to be around the 26 mark. So um, if you go forward, you've got to expect that's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, it just if that does happen, Captain Ravishin might take off and put himself in the race. So it could be a brutally run race, which um, as a spectator, as myself, um, yeah, that's what we want to see. We want to see him go flat out the whole way. We want to see him all tied on the home turn and, um, you know, best horse standing and best horse winning. Um, as much as I love training horses too, I'm a, Great love of the sport and love to see a great spectacle as well. So uh, hopefully uh, we can get that Saturday night. It's still five days away. Are you excited about having a horse in the Miracle Mile? Is it one of those things which when you pid your head on the pillow at night, you think about it? Yeah, there's no doubt. Again, um, you know, I've been fortunate throughout my career. I've had a fair amount of success. And, um, yeah, no, 
to have a runner in this race, it, you know, sort of means a lot to us. And obviously for the Matthews family, we all know what sort of happened there in the past. So uh, again, uh, yeah, it's a race I really didn't have on the agenda. I was just sort of worried about the chariots, to be honest. And yeah, to be able to win the chariots and get a invitation to the to a million dollar race and a race so iconic like the Miracle Mile doesn't happen very often. So, um, you know, Kate and I were embraced it. We're excited about it. And, yeah, hopefully, um, you know, it would be great to win. But like everything as a trainer and driver, you just want your horse perform and Kate and myself performing at our best. And whatever happens, happens. But, uh, again, hopefully this is one of many Miracle Miles this horse competes in. Thank you, Andy. It's um, it's great to get your insights into how the, the, the job, the relationship, the horse works, all that sort of stuff. Mate, have a good week, travel safe, and we'll look forward to seeing you there on Saturday night. Let's hope, most importantly, Catch a Wave gets around safe and sound in one piece, and what happens after that, well, maybe that's up to Kate. That's it. No, really looking forward to it. Thanks, Michael. It's Andy Gath, uh, one of the champion guys of Australian racing. His wife, Kate, does the driving behind Catch a Wave. She has an outstanding record, and they add to this race. They have the second favourite with the TAB, tab.com.au, $4 for Catch a Wave. Andy's second ever Miracle Mile runner. Somebody who's had plenty of Miracle Mile runners. In fact, he's won the last three. Is Luke McCarthy. You heard him talking to the boys out on the grounds at Menangle today, and great to have the breakfast team out there this morning. But Luke McCarthy, I'm here to ask you some more harness racing based questions. You must love Miracle Mile Week, mate, uh, because it's a very special race in your life. Yeah, good morning, Mick. Yeah, it's a great race, and it's always good to have horses good enough to be a part of it. Let's just quickly, before we get to who's in the Miracle Mile, talk about one who's not. Bondi Lockdown from your sable ran third in a prelude, was second about 10 yards after the line, and he was probably a victim of circumstances because your stablemate, Spirit of St. Louis, came up the straight in 25-8. Do you believe Clubman Angle made the right decision by not putting Bondi Lockdown in the race and, in fact, making him second emergency, or do you believe he deserves to be there? Oh, look, he, like you said, he's half the head off being, you know, earning his spot into it. And, you know, Mark Pitt drove a great race, you know, outside the leader. When you lob 1-1, one, one, how can you leave the 1-1, one, one, um, you know, pull through wide, it probably parks you anyway. So they've brushed up the straight in 25-8, and it's, you know, like you said, a couple of steps after the post, he's in, in the second. Um, probably if he's in the race, he's riding the market. Um, but anyway, he's not there, so he's... He'll concentrate on the $100,000 free for. Who is there? Is Spirit of St. Louis, barrier one. That's cool. Expensive Ego, barrier eight. Not so cool. Let's talk about Lewis. He's good, he's tough, he's hardened, he's done this before. And I thought he might be the first leader with options. Do you think there's a chance, catch a wave, or Mark Dan can cross him at the start? Well, I think if you go back and watch even Saturday night's replay, like he's just absolutely flying out of the gate. You know, he's in the Dominion run at Shepparton. Like he's just got so much gate speed. So I don't, I don't think any horse could cross him. And, you know, he, I know he went slow Saturday night, but you know he, he won the sprint there last year in 48-2. So you know he can run the time. He's a good season free-for-aller. Um, I presume Jack would want, want to be leading on him and, you know, give him every chance. 
Mate, you told us before the Hunter Cup that you would expect to stay in front with Spirit of St. Louis. You told the truth. It, it didn't work out on that occasion because there was lots of pressure, but you gave punters the best steer possible. Are you telling us that if he leads the Miracle Mile, you would expect him to stay in front? Well, I don't know, Mick. I'm not driving him, but if I was driving him, that's where I'd want to be. And like you said, he had a crack at the Hunter Cup. Yeah, he made it quite clear through the media that he wanted to hold the front. He lets copy that go. It bled anyway and stops in his way. So he wouldn't have won the Hunter Cup even if he handed up. Um, Jack's driving the horse. It's up to him. If I was driving it, I'd, I'd be keen to hold the front. You are driving expensive ego. I think there's probably less chance you'll be seeing much of the marker pegs, Andy. Uh, I thought he was really good the other night. Incredibly brave for the opening 854 and change. Do you just have no options with him? Is it the only way you can drive him over a mile at Manangle? Because, Andy, I don't think he's going to peel off their backs and beat them. You're talking to me, brother, Mick. Andy. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go with Luke. Um, Andy would probably like to be driving in the Miracle Mile this week, but he'll be busy at the Meadowlands. Let's go back. And I think I had Andy Gath in my head there. What's Luke McCarthy going to do with expensive ego? I'm allergy, Um He can be driven with a seat, actually, Mick. Like he's... One day there at Meningle, uh is in a race with Crunch Time. We went 48-3, I think it was, and sat on Crunch Time's back and peeled him out top of the straight, and he's sprinted awesome. So, look, he's been forced to be driven that way in some races because he had no option. Even on the weekend, like, I sort of work forward. Probably if Crude doesn't go forward, you know, I'm running to the front at the 1,200 instead of being through wide park to the half. So the first whole half is the second half slower. And his last half, the second half, quicker. So I thought he went super from the draw. I don't, you know, he's going to be so much speed on. I'm probably forced to drive him in the sit. Okay, that surprises me, but that's good information. We appreciate it. We asked Andy Gath this, and I'm not sure if you heard this conversation about eight minutes ago. What he thinks, as unbiasedly as possible, is going to happen in the Miracle Mile this week for a million dollars. Let's pretend you're not involved with these horses and you are a race analyst and you've seen every big race in Australasia for the last six months because you probably have. What do you think is going to happen in the Miracle Mile on Saturday night? I think, well, for starters, I think Tom Lula Bay's the horse to beat and if I was driving another horse in the race, that, that would be him because whatever way you look at it, he's just going to get a great trip. I think Mac Dan Burns out um, to have a look. I don't think he, him and Lewis are probably equal gate speed, so yeah, he's probably not going to cross him, but Every way you look at it, Honolulu Bay is going to get a beautiful run in transit. There's going to be speed on. They're going to run quick time. You know, the four-year-olds add the X factor to the race. Where do they end up? Not sure. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a great race. And I've, still, I've got Honolulu Bay as the one to beat. So do I. I need to ask you about a horse who, who has an enormous amount of hype around him. And he's a wonderful horse. He's a beautiful-looking horse, Captain Ravishing, and he's incredibly talented. But he got beat last time, and you have been here before with good horses who get to open class, and there's a few new things to learn. What do you make of Captain Ravishing? And after drawing barrier seven in a miracle mile, can he still win? Oh, like off, off watching you know, his ability, of course he can. Um, probably one was the worst draw he could have gotten in the chariots because they'd have to use him off the gate and you know, open him up in that first run at Menangle sometimes can sting him. And, you know, I'd be sceptical of before I was beating those good old season Honolulu Bay-style horses. But Cap 
catch wave and Captain Ravishing and Leap to fame look like the next wave of superstars. So probably a good draw for him where he's you know, keep his nose clean early and you know how fast he is. We'll probably see the true Captain Ravishing when he hasn't been used early. You know, we know how quick he is. So yeah, they can win it. Um, I just, you know, Hall of the Bay is just a hundred cup winner. He's probably just that touch more season. Mate, you have a couple of horses, you and your wife Belinda, of course. They have a couple of horses in the Derby this week, and Bondi Lockdown's going to the race that used to be called the Bohemia Crystal. Well, I think it still is. Yes. Um, what's your best other chance for our listeners at home to back a winner on Saturday night? Uh, the Derby's, our three in the Derby are all progressive types. They're very lightly raced. Um, one of them could pop up if they got the right run. You know, they're not sort of as horses you would have talked about as being derby horses this early in the season but it's probably not nowhere near as strong as what it has been in the past so I think they're all good chances but probably not that the fields are out anyway Mick but a horse no time like now will be in an up to 80 Raider and run a good second of Port Our Prince a couple of runs ago and for Saturday night I'd yeah, hopefully get a good draw but I'd say he'd be a good one to follow Is it collar and tie on Saturday night? Luke, when you head to the races, do, do you get spruced up because it's a serious night? Oh, yeah, and I think everyone should. It's um, you know, one of them nights that's it's like following suit with the gallops. You know, you've got to, you know, everyone's very professional and all the horses, you know, the last few weeks all look amazing. So, yeah, you know, it's just a good night of racing and great to be a part of it. I'll see you there Saturday night. Thank you, Luke McCarthy. No worries, Nick. Thank you. That's Luke McCarthy, who I called Andy McCarthy a little bit earlier on, if you're wondering where that came from. Andy McCarthy, one of his champion brothers, doing great things in North America, alongside another one, Todd McCarthy, family of overachievers. The other guest we wanted to talk to this morning is the man who sits behind the favourite for the Miracle Mile. The favourite's name is Honolulu Bay. In the last three months, he's basically done nothing wrong. And David Moran drives him inch perfect. I think David is joining us now. If so, good morning, David. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Mick. Thanks for having me on, mate. Honolulu Bay went to Menangle on Saturday night. And David, I'm not sure if I'm viewing this right, but it looked like he jogged a 49 mile. Yeah, he was really good, mate. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he seems to really like that track and... The way they run the race the other night, it just sort of suited him down to the ground. Okay, you've got barrier three, because we're taking the emergencies out of our mind. Major Meister's drawn barrier one, so he probably comes out. You start from barrier three. Everybody's thinking now that the best version of Honolulu Bay is the version that doesn't burn early. Do you think so? Uh, not particularly. Not over the mile, I think. Um, with some of these longer distance races now people have it in their mindset that, that you probably have to drive in conservatively um, but you know going back to the mile uh, I'm, I'm certainly positive that he can do, do his fair share of work that's for sure Well that raises a very obvious question if they're all scoring up evenly behind the gate for the Miracle Mile this Saturday night is it potentially a plan for you to give them a bit of rain and try and cross these horses, or knowing the gate speed of a Spirit of St. Louis and a Mark Dan, do you think they'll be too quick for you, really? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I don't think, you know, we can certainly light him off the arm and add and cross Spirit of St. Louis. Um, he's quite quick out, so um, so I don't think that would be an option. Um, I think him and 
him and Mac Dan are probably the quickest horses off the front row. So um, we won't get involved, you know, to that degree. But um, but I think we've probably got to drive him more forward, uh, depending on how the races run. That's for sure. Is that a case that maybe you know, if you find yourself in a in a forward position early, you start to think about decisions around who you would hand? For example, if you're parked, do you start making decisions around who you would hand to, or at, at this level? when they're going that speed, if a catcher wave or a captain ravishing or an expensive ego who's an equine sledgehammer, if they come looking for the park, do you really have the option to park them out there in a Miracle Mile free ride? No, I don't think so, no. Um, I, I don't think you'd, you know, I'd be overly confident um, in saying if we lobbed, lobbed the breeze early that we'd like to hold it, that's for sure. But, um, you know, it just depends on, on what, the ones, what the ones out wide do early and and what they want to do on Spirit of St. Louis, whether, they, whether they're holding at all costs. Um, yeah, it's just going to be one of them races. It'll be a great race. It'll be a great spectacle, that's for sure, because um, you know, you're, you're going to have horses like Mac Dan that are going to burn the arm. So that first quarter and the lead time is probably going to play a massive part to, to what we do and where we want to be in running. You've been to the big dances a few times now. You've been to an Inter-Dominion. You've been to an Inter-Dominion inquiry room and lost it there, which is... Not much fun. You've been to a Hunter Cup winner's circle, David Moran. You've also been to Helen back in the last couple of years. Do you still get pumped, excited? Uh, is there any anticipation and thoughts when you're thinking about it, when you're driving to the races about this Miracle Mile? Or these days, because you've been around, do you sort of just take it in your stride and you're a bit cooler about it till Saturday? Yeah, I'll probably take it in my stride a fair bit. Um... Not a lot really bothers me too much, like you said. I've sort of been through the up and down throughout the industry for, for quite a while now, and um, I think you just you end up you end up in the mindset of what will be, will be. You, you know, you're not going to change it before, you're not going to change it after. You just do what you do and um, go into the race with an open mindset and no no nerves, no panic, and you know it's what will be will be. When the green light goes on, that all goes out the door anyway. So um, yeah, I sort of just take it as we go. We've asked our guest this morning, David, what they make of Captain Ravishing. And by no means are we picking on Captain Ravishing. He was fantastic running second last time. But he is also the most hyped horse in the market and in Australasia. What did you make of Captain Ravishing last time? As a guy who's gone Victorium and Angle, Victorium and Angle before, what did you make of him? And what do you make of his chances on Saturday night? Well, I think the barrier draws quite good for him Saturday night. You know, I know he's going to be a fair way back, but they don't have to use him at all early. Um, it can be quite can be quite difficult, um, you know, when there was so much hype around around the chariots and Woody Lead and you know, if you're going to get out the gate and things like that. It can be quite interesting because it, horses that have never, ever been bustled off the arm and that are first time up at Menangle, yeah, you, you open their lungs up early like he really had to. It can bring horses, especially them high-speed horses, it can bring them undone quite quickly. So um, I, I think the barrier draw Saturday night probably suits him. And um, don't get me wrong, if they go hard, I think people would want to be pretty concerned of how close he is to them. Mate, one more question, David, and we, and we wish you the best luck this week, but we want to go out on this one. We've asked Andy Gath and Luke McCarthy what they think unbiasedly. If they were watching this at TV at home, on TV... What did they think was going to happen in the Miracle Mile? I'll ask you the same question. Say you're not on the sulky behind Honolulu Bay and you're in the driver's room at Melton. 
what do you think is going to happen in the Miracle Mile on Saturday night? Um, yeah, well, it's quite an interesting one. It's sort of hard to know um, early, but um, I can probably see Spirit of St. Louis um, holding up, and I can see a lot of mid-race pressure from from horses like Expensive Ego. Um you know, probably not 100% to the leader, but they'll be wanting to get forward in a hurry, I'd imagine. So, um, yeah, oh, I don't know. I just think it'll be a great spectacle. I think it'll be a great race. It might be one of the best miracle miles that we've seen for a, for a fair while because I think, you know, nearly any any horse in the race can win. Well, you may, the TRB market suggests, have the best seat in the house. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us, David. Get down or get, sorry, get up to Sydney, safe and sound, and we'll see you at Menangle on Saturday night. Good luck with Honolulu Bay. Cheers, Nick. Thanks for having me on, mate. We appreciate the time of David Moran, Luke McCarthy and Andy Gath this morning. We hope that's given you an insight into what this Miracle Mile may look like on Saturday. Timeline, we have other fields support races coming out today. They'll be on harness.org.au very shortly after they come out. So will the markets on tab.com.au. There will be a preview show on Sky TV on the Harness segment. This is on the telly on Wednesday morning. There will also be coverage on On The Pace here on Sky Sport Radio at 10.30 Wednesday, 10.30 Thursday. On Friday, we have Finding Winners. We will talk about the Miracle Mile. We'll try and find out a way to get you an edge. And, of course, on Saturday... We have the big race itself out of Menangle. It's an absolute beauty. If you live in the Sydney-ish region and you've never been to Menangle, this is the week to do it. It's free entry. There's trains. There's lots of room there. It's a lot of fun for the kids. We hope you get a chance to come see some class harness racing. On the other side of this break here on Sky Sport Radio, and thank you for listening this morning, we're going to hear from David Watson, probably the man who loves Menangle more than just about anybody else in the entire world. He is their racing manager out there. The next time you'll hear from us is 10.30 Wednesday morning on The Pace with Brittany Graham.